3: That's what I always say. You always follow.
0: Yeah, the money. yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN.
4: All right, we made it, baby. It is Follow the Money here on vSIN, the Sports Betty Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Busy, busy three-hour extravaganza. Coming up today, tons of NFL preseason football. Two games on the board, which we will get to. Paul Stone also on the program in 30 minutes. He'll break down two different conferences today in college football. He'll give you some uh, regular season win totals that he has bet that are available still to this day. And some outright winners for those conferences. Also on the show, Nigel Seely, Mike Palm, and Paul Charchian. All right, Paulie. So we have uh, two games tonight in the NFL. And a lot to get to here in the first segment. The Patriots... They take on the Giants, and uh, back on August 3rd, the Patriots opened up a two-point favorite in this game. The total was 34. Well, if you go back earlier this week, Brian Dable for the Giants announced that his starters are going to go tonight, so we're going to see a little bit of Daniel Jones. That number flipped and uh, has gotten all the way now to minus three on the Giants' side at some spots, total around 33.5. Yep, I like the Giants, even though the
5: Patriots are on a 9-2 and two run. In the preseason, you also expect to see a lot of Tyrod Taylor tonight. But now it is time to ask the question, you know, June and July, whatever. But now that we sit here and we have a game tonight, everything you read out of New England is bad and negative with the offense. Number one, I know he's the GOAT. You have a young, upcoming quarterback who could be a star. Everyone would want that job to be OC or involved with the Patriots offense. Why is Matt Patricia involved in the offense and coaching the offensive line when he has no experience, never done it, and then Joe Judge is involved in the offense too? There are O-line issues. matt has been up and down. Uh, I mean, I don't understand what Belichick's doing here, and I, I don't know if they're going to win nine games.
4: It seems to be legitimately one of the biggest question marks in any NFL camp right now in the preseason. I think that's pretty much a fact, and a lot of people would agree with that. Yes. The Patricia side is what I'm talking about.
5: This is being loyal to a fault. This is the first time he's ever done this stuff.
4: Correct. It's okay, go ahead. How many times has this happened before where a former D.C. turned head coach comes back to his previous team and you're like, okay, now you're going to be in charge of the offense. Right. Like, what?
5: Right. Defense was one thing. Okay, you can run the defense. That's fine. But then you saw how bad it was when he was calling the shots and running the organization in Detroit, which I guess you could say Caldwell and Fonce are the only couple people to win there. But still you get my point yeah. about when he was put in charge and here this is a lot of responsibility. I would that say You're so. looking at play calling and handling the offensive line and the offensive line has been garbage so far on all these reports.
4: By the way, wait until you hear this note that I have for you on a running back and where a sports book opened him up to lead the league in rushing touchdowns this year. Oh, he's playing tonight. I'll give you this nugget coming yes. up in about 15 minutes. Yes. Uh you, sub- the,
5: I was going to say the other thing is uh you you, you don't have white. So Down you don't the have list. you don't have a back who can catch passes? That's another thing for New England, not only tonight but moving forward. So I agree with the move. I mean, you, you really you can't be laying three and two and a half when, uh, when you know, pick and one was available for so long. Yeah. But um, in any event, it was twenty-two to twenty last year, as I mentioned uh, yesterday's show. But uh, Giants went zero and three in the preseason, and the Patriots went three and zero. But now you have brand new coaching staff, new OC, new D- DC, new head coach. Uh, I have no problem. I guess a whole different ball game here. I have no problem with Tyrod Taylor playing uh, maybe a quarter, quarter
4: and a half. I'm good with that. Tyrod Taylor's preseason career numbers. He's attempted 360 passes, 62% completion rate, 6.3 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns to 11 INTs. Not great there. A rating of uh, 78.8. Also, 2015 was the last time he ran the ball 10-plus times overall in an entire preseason. Danny Dimes last year, pretty good. 17 of 22, 77%, 135 yards, so that's 6 yards per attempt. One touchdown in a rating of 88.3. He only ran the ball one time. They're going to have Davis Webb out there as well in his career. He's thrown the ball 160 times in the preseason. Eh, 58% completion, 5.4 yards Mm. per attempt. Not great. Two touchdowns and four INTs there. But you're right. Uh, I would not be advising people to go run out today and bet the Giants minus 2.5 or minus 3. You wanted to grab them much earlier in the week. Uh, Some great nuggets here in Point Spread Weekly, available at com slash subscribe. Since 2015, underdogs in the plus one to plus three range are very profitable, 135 and 92 ATS, 59.5%. That's for the preseason. When teams are laying three and a half to seven points, they're 118 and 93 with four pushes, 56%. Mm
5: -hmm. You have to be okay with uh, Hoyer, too, extended time. No problem with that, a veteran. If it's decided in the fourth quarter, how do you feel about Webb maybe going again? I want to see what the zappy kid can do. On a way, 60 touchdowns and 6,000 yards last year at Western Kentucky. Yeah,
4: there's nothing to sneeze at there. Oh, no. No, I, yeah. I, you're exactly right. I, I want to watch garbage uh, time tonight uh-huh. just for him. And may, maybe he's a disaster. Who knows? Uh-huh. But maybe he comes in and it's like, oh, man, this look, kid looks uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, Hoyer overall in his career, 504 attempts, 60% completion, 15 touchdowns at 10 INTs and a rating of 82. For what it's worth, Mac Jones did play quite well last year in the in the preseason. Oh, yeah. 69% completion rate and looked good. Yes.
5: And the, you have the quarterback battle there, too. Um, with the Giants, it was, I mean, they started the preseason last year. They got beat 12-7. They had 160 yards. That was also Thorson and Glennon. Uh, and then 17-13. So, again, that was the big story with the team last year. 31st in uh, scoring, 15 points per game. And it started from the get-go as they were pathetic in the preseason. So we'll see what Dable can do and turn it around.
4: Okay, now the other game that we have going on tonight, the Titans are taking on the Ravens. And, of course, Baltimore opened up. And this is – you're not going to see very many teams like week one open up four-and-a-half-point favorites, but the Ravens did, and it got to five earlier in the week because of the history here. They've won 20 straight in the preseason. Um, Harbaugh has been, and this entire team has been a machine. You probably all, if you listen to this network at all in the last couple of years, you know about their success winning and covering games. It is just, I don't know what you want to call this, but it's been free money in the last five years, really, with this team. Historic. And now uh, they're sitting at three and a half, pretty much across the board. I do see one four out there. The total move from 33 and a half to 31 and a half earlier this week.
5: Yeah, I'm good with Baltimore here. I know it's come down, Uh number moved against us here but 20 in a row and 18-2 and ATS. Now, last year, they wanted the record. They talked about it openly. They wanted to break the Packers' record, and they were fantastic in the final preseason game, winning 37-3. But uh, I I didn't expect Jackson to play, and you also have some veterans out. But to me, it comes down to uh, Huntley and Huntley. But Huntley, who played well last year in the absence of Jackson, was also great in the preseason. He had a one game where he had 285 yards and four touchdowns, he had another game where he had almost 200 yards passing. And in the first preseason game, he had 40 yards rushing. So, again, I like a quarterback if he's going to play a lot, even if he's a backup who's mobile and can keep plays alive and extend drives when the play breaks down, and that's a perfect guy with Huntley. And, and it's just something about you know whether it's just rah-rah, let's go out there and win, which I know Harbaugh's made some comments uh, earlier in the week about let's take it easy. But, I mean, you you can't ignore this, that he's 18-2 and ATS going back. It's unprecedented.
4: And, again, uh, one other reason to like it is because of, like, the entire quarterback room, they can be running quarterbacks. Yeah. And I'll run down all three here in a second. But to expand a little bit on Huntley, last year he was fantastic. He completed 72-plus percent of his passes, 6.6 yards per attempt, four touchdowns to one INT, a rating of 101. That was one of the best in the entire league. 20 carries for 80 touchdowns and a touchdown, uh, 80 yards and a touchdown. uh, Huntley... Has 259 career attempts, 66 percent completion rate for almost 2,000 yards, 7.6 yards per attempt, 14 touchdowns, four INTs. That's the backup tonight for the Ravens and the third stringer Anthony Brown uh, in his time at Oregon. This will tell you again. Last year mm-hmm. he ran for 658 yards and nine touchdowns, so he's going to be a guy probably within like a second or two. It's going to break down, be a little bit faster. Him, he might take off tonight and run the football.
5: Yep. Yeah. The uh, based on the news, the uh, total is ticked down too from 34. 34- down to 31 and a half. Tennessee went Might be too low at this point. Yeah, could be. Tennessee went 2-1 last year in the preseason, but that was Woodside and Barkley last year. And now who knows what you're going to get out of Willis,
4: Well, what he'll look like. I will say that Woodside has been pretty good yes. in, in the preseason in his career. Yeah. He has a 103 rating. Well, that was last year. Career, 63.4% on 134 attempts. Seven touchdowns, one INT. That's a rating of almost 97. So going back, Woodside... And I remember he was a talking point, it was either going into last year or the year before. It's like, yeah, this guy can actually play in the preseason. And this note here on totals that when again point spread weekly, uh, when you have totals that are below thirty-seven in the preseason, the over is hit fifty-seven point six percent of the time. That's it's two hundred and fifty-five and one eighty-eight when they're below thirty-seven to come in on the over like that. So some uh, really good stuff again this week by Steve Mackinnon and Point Spread Weekly mm-hmm. with your two games that you have coming up tonight.
5: Yeah, and there's been a lot of movement with the totals. Uh, the Tennessee game has ticked down, as we mentioned. The Cleveland game has gone up three points. The Philly game has gone up three points. Sirianni changed his mind now. Now Hurts and the starters will probably get a couple series. Oh, and then how about the news yesterday Was Watson going to play? Right, right. If the suspension doesn't come down. Mm-hmm. Sure, right. He'll start. Uh, the Arizona total ticked down 33 to 31 McCoy and Murray won't play. Uh, the Carolina game has gone up, and uh, so has the uh, Seattle game, too. So a lot of movement with the totals. Yeah. Up two, three points in a lot of games.
4: Yeah, I, I would say that uh, tonight, anyway, 31-and-a-half, with the way, again, we got, we got multiple emails this week from uh, people listening and watching the show on Masson. Good morning. Uh, Ravens season ticket holders, PSL owners are like mm-hmm. uh, Harbaugh is openly talking about because of the injuries last year. He might not have the same approach in the preseason this year. So maybe take it easy on this mm-hmm. with them.
5: Tough break for MLB. You got the Field of Dreams game, and it's Cubs-Reds. Oh, that'll and be on it, a TV tonight. Yeah, I know, but you're going against football, though, too. I know. That, that game last year got a monster number.
4: Oh, Yankees-White huge, White Sox? Oh, got a
5: huge rating. Huge.
4: Yes. It's too bad that the Cubs and Reds are both terrible I know. this year. A bad beat. Yes. But I, I still think people are going to have their eyeballs on that yep. game tonight. Yep. Um, by the way, huge move in that total. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, The humidity off the corn. The first hour of Follow the Money (laughs) is presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. Up next, we'll recap last night's betting action with win some, lose some, and we will expand a little bit more on these games that we have coming up tonight. I have a note on one sportsbook opening up a running back at 500-1 to to lead the league in rushing touchdowns this, this year. Well, he's currently the backup. Well, now there are rumors, speculation out there, that the guy in front of him could get traded. We'll tell you who it is and what number he was available at. Again, coming up next.
3: Some, lose some is
5: presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at
0: BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in win some, lose some.
5: All right, look at that. Rangers plus 260. They beat Verlander in the Astros. He wasn't horrible. Gave up three runs. But uh, they win in 10 innings, and there's a big dog that cashes yesterday in MLB. Pirates won. They took money, plus 150 down to 130. They beat the Diamondbacks. And the Mets do it again. 15 of 17, open 3 10, close 3 45, lay your two and a half, lay your three and a half, 10 2 all over the Reds. They sweep Cincinnati. Oh, well, they weren't the only one. Dodgers got it done last night as well. Another You believe this. No problem, right? No problem. They're run differential again. I think they've only had like eight wins by one run. I mean seventy-seven what are we at now? Seventy-seven wins. Seventy-eight wins. It's all by two and a half runs. Well and their starter two and a half runs. Their starter wasn't great last night, but eight runs of support. Okay, that'll do it for you. Yep. Also win some another documentary on ninety-nine Woodstock. Three part documentary on Netflix. Very good. Check it out. If you don't remember, and I know the reports came out afterwards it was the ultimate bleep show how they put it together the acts that they went with again i'm proud i never gotten to that limp biscuit stuff but it was just a, what a fiasco that turned out to be poorly run they they burned the whole thing down i mean oh. what what the ever the, the guys got so t- the uh lunatics and people who attended this were so ticked off at the end that they burned you won't believe some of the back uh, behind the scenes stuff with the red hot chili peppers and everything there were fires. they were burning stuff to the ground crazy how many documentaries is that now?
4: On which That's stock two. 99? There was one just came out on HBO three, and then okay. one.
5: Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. Very good. Subscribe, be part of the team. VCN.com, our radio and podcast friends, as always. You know the rules. You send us stuff in, we'll put you on television. You gotta love it. How about this? This is a dream for Homer Simpson. This the Bud Light truck tipped over. And the and the video making rounds on the news with the truck tipping over and the Bud Light cans all over the place. And it's scattered all about. It. <laughs> Look at that scene. Overturned semi. How long you think that probably took longer to clean that up than uh, Woodstock what happened. Look at that. Wow. That's a lot of Bud Light. Uh yeah. All over the that, place. That's a good that's a good uh, year supply for <laughs> yes, Nigel Cheeley. Yes it is. Oh, man. Tough easy big fella driving that. No Motion kidding. activated home security camera working. As intended. Right. Looking out. Working okay. to perfection here. Right. Good. Nothing there.
4: All right. <laughs> Peek-a-boo. How you doing? Look at a big guy. There he is. <laughs> no, th- this is so funny. Yeah. Because look at that. It, yeah. it, it, like the nostril moved. So yeah. So the camera recognizes. They... Okay. There's the schnoz again.
5: Uh-huh. All right. He's looking at oh, him. Like, what is this?
4: Always the sideways look, Yeah. Huh? Oh, constantly, yeah. 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 You like that? Tilt in the head? Like, what? what is this all about? What are
5: you doing? Guy up on the couch hanging out. Good boy. There you go. Excellent some uh view porn. Always good uh houses, seeing what's going on with architect, big architecture guy. Uh 501. That what what a setup that is. Look at that setup with the three waterfalls coming down. And they got to look like mist in the background. It's right like right off a movie. Apocalypse now with that scene. Pretty strong. Yeah, that is good. And then uh one more. Good view with the houses. Cool modern house with a pool. No, that's feet. Okay, no one there. I'll lose some. Ralph Michaels responded to your tweet yesterday. Since the 4th of July, the Yankees are down almost 18 units, and the Dodgers are up 17 units
4: yep. during that run. So I watched that game yesterday. Robbie Ray was really good. So was Cortez. I mean, the starting pitching the last two games, it was fantastic. And after the, I look, looked at the whole overall schedule, 2-7 and seven now in August, 13-20 and 20 going back. Yep. And then oh, so, how
5: things have changed! Oh, man. Just in New York alone, I think the Mets are the team to beat. But better, better team in New York, but now the Yankees. I, I, I have concerns about are they going to win a playoff series? You still you think, okay, Cole can give you a, Nestor's got the no-no going, then they take the lead 3-1, Judge goes deep again, and the bullpen blows it. Yep. yep. And they cough up another
4: one, right? Ridiculous. Uh, one Yeah, lose. you're right, because the Ast- more mm-hmm. teams in the American League might match up okay with uh, the Yankees than just the Astros.
5: Yep, one lose some. This was all over social media. Excellent video where the dog regrets eating melon. I know uh, Dave Culkin tweeted, this is the look you get when uh, mm-hmm. when uh, Matt Eumanns has a vegetable. Look at his face. <laughs> Gus, why did I eat that? <laughs> look Yeah. Oh, what, can I spit it out? Am I allowed to spit it out? Yeah. Are you okay <laughs> if I don't finish this thing? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh, I love mutton. Oh, God. Priceless. Or, or the napkins. Oh,
5: drooling and everything. It's like, God, oh, this is a bad idea. Yeah. I don't want any part of this. Please, for the love of God, look away. Yeah. Several bad beats.
4: Now, what would you think of what Mat- Mattingly did yesterday?
5: Here's, oh, here's, here, he, here's, I'm, here's right. the
4: problem. Yeah. Sandy Alcantara was too good last night. And yeah. I say that because he was so efficient, Paulie. You can't. You're not going to take the guy out of the game in the eighth when he has 71 pitches, and you can't touch the guy. If he if he had a pitch count of 110, you got to take the guy out at that point. But he didn't. Once you
5: give up back-to-back hits, you got to yank him. Yeah,
4: that's not. That's not no. what he does, though. He right. doesn't do that. And their t-
5: their bullpen is terrible. All right, three-one in the bottom of the eighth, plus 115. The Phillies do it again. Rally, put up a three-spot, four straight hits. They win 4-3. Tough one. And again, the Marlins, 20, is it 23 or 27 now? Three runs or fewer? Mm -hmm. God. Rays plus 145. They blew it in the ninth. Milwaukee wins 4-3. And the Yankees and under. Tough push on seven. No score in the sixth. One nothing in the seventh. And Seattle wins 4-3. Win some, lose some presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown book claim your 100% first deposit match bonus now with code 250match learn more betrivers.com
4: here is your note on what one sportsbook did earlier this week with a season long prop bet they put up so they posted odds for the most regular season rushing touchdowns on monday and in the early stages on monday the player getting the most bets uh he was tied for the longest odds at 500 to 1. He was leading in tickets at 38.1%, second overall in handle at 36.5%. And that player is Ramondre Stevenson. And then after they posted the odds, we found out basically a little bit after that um, that the rumor started where the Patriots could trade Damian Harris. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, this now is getting real. You know how Belichick operates with running backs? The problem is, like, we heard this about Josh Jacobs last week. Kareem Hunt wanted to trade. Teams are not cutting in line to trade for for running backs in this league. However, Bill Belichick would probably take a 6th or 7th round pick for this guy. His contract is up at the end of the season. They drafted two running backs uh, in April. And Stevenson looked damn good last year. Yes. So it all makes sense. I do have a couple of teams that might make some sense. When you look at the Cardinals' depth chart behind James Conner, there's not a lot of meat on the bone. I know Eno Benjamin has looked pretty good so far in the preseason, but they have um, not a lot of depth behind him, and Conner has an injury history. Cardinals are a contender. That might make some sense. I would also throw out to get him out of the AFC uh, and into the NFC, maybe a bad team could be Atlanta. Corderell Patterson's 31 years old, and after that I look at the depth chart, uh, and they drafted they drafted this kid out of BYU. He's currently eighth on the depth chart, but who knows how that's going to turn out. That could make some sense if Atlanta would want to play some ball there. Um, Do you think he can get to like 15 touchdowns? Maybe. What Harris had a really good year last year. So mm-hmm. if they trade Harris, that means Stevenson's going to be like the, the number one running back. Anyway, this book, which mm-hmm. I will name the book later on in the show today, uh-huh. he's now sitting at 70 to one there. <laughs> oh God. And I looked around yeah. after I saw this tweet come out last night, I'm like, oh, Books have 50. They have maybe 65 on him. But they posted 500 tied for the longest odds, and people are like, yeah, I don't know if you know about the rumors here, but Harris could get dealt. And then it came out, and it was public knowledge that, okay, the Patriots could, in fact, have him on the shipping, on the shopping. um, What's the cliche I'm looking for? The block? Trading block. Yeah. And so if that happens, yeah, Stevenson takes over that gig. Yeah, He. I, why not 15? Taylor
5: could get hurt. He could get there, right? If he's the only guy that's eating. That's if, right. if he's, yeah, if that's right. That's interesting. If he's yeah. the only one, it's a good prop too. It's a good prop too for most rushing touchdowns. No, that
4: that really is. Yeah. I, I was all in fact. I bet last year. I bet J.K. Dobbins. Then he got hurt. I came right back as soon as I heard the news on Gus Edwards, at like a hundred to one. He yep. got hurt, and yep. so those were both losing tickets. But that's the chance that you're taking too. By the way, on top of all this stuff, is that at any point these guys can get hurt in the preseason, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, for the betters who are all over Stevenson at 500-1, to one, man, I I would love to have – put it this way. If we can go back in time, I would love to have Stevenson 501 in pocket right now. Good info. We don't, We also don't have access to this book in no, Las Vegas, true. but
5: – What do you think of Hurts at 20-1? to one? The lead league in rushing touchdowns? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably one a little I, bit I, more I, than that. I would say the same thing, right.
4: Well, well, what can he get to? Yeah. <sighs> I would say, what, uh, 10? Yeah, I would say and can get to 10. Yeah. 10, 11 in that neighborhood. I think well. Cam has the all-time record for uh, running uh, quarterbacks to score touchdowns on the ground, I well, they, believe. Yeah, they can use them
5: by design to, inside the 10, too, inside the 5. But that's yep. what's Taylor going to get. You know, that's what you're looking at.
4: Yeah, calling all baseball fans this week. Bet Rivers online sportsbook is your home for same-game parlay bets. And uh, you can get it in all professional baseball games, create your ideal same-game parlay in over three legs and receive up to Three 50% profit boost. That's right. Get a 50% profit boost when you place qualifying Sam Game Parlay wagers this week only. Head over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Sportsbook app for more details. Up next, Paul Stones. Uh best bets in two different conferences in college football, plus his thoughts and opinions on what Sam Hartman means to Wake Forest.
3: VCN, the sports betting network.
5: College football guides out. NFL guide coming out in a couple of weeks. Start football the right way. Profiles on every team. Trends, power ratings, Heisman talk. Top ten games breakdown by Adam Kramer. Adam Burke, power ratings, Mackin numbers as well. The only way to get access to this year's betting guides: become a VCN All Access subscriber. Get the discounted rate by signing up early. You get the college and pro football betting guides along with the full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. VEASAN.com slash subscribe.
4: Here we go. The great Paul Stone joins the program now. College football handicapper coming on with us every Thursday before the college season begins to break down two different conferences. And uh, you can also listen, download, subscribe to his podcast, the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Paul, good morning. Before we get into uh, some regular season win totals, and an outright winner in the Big 12. Uh, Your thoughts on what we had the bad news yesterday. Sam Hartman, the great quarterback at Wake Forest, it was announced the program's going to be without him uh, for an undisclosed amount of time because of a medical procedure on Tuesday night. Crappy news here for this kid. I hope everything's going to be okay with him. But what do you think Hartman means overall? We saw books adjust their win total down to 6.5. What do you think he Mm -hmm. means overall to Wake?
7: Well, I tell you, it is bad news for Wake Forest and college football fans. You hate to, you hate to hear that. But he's out for, you know, quote, an extended period of time uh, due to a non-football-related uh, issue. Uh, his head coach, David Clawson, has insisted he's going to return sometime in 2022. Uh, their starting quarterback now becomes redshirt freshman Mitch Griffiths. Griffiths only has thrown uh, 13 passes in two years there at Wake Forest. So there's a considerable drop-off. I mean, you know, looking at their, you got to think, I mean, they're going to have played six games after their game against Army on October 8th. So there's half the regular season and they play uh, VMI. Then they go to Vandy uh, and then play home games against Liberty, Clemson, then go to Florida state before playing Army at home. I think the Florida state game, I make them now a six point underdog. uh, And that could be the one game of those six that they lose. So certainly, uh, It's a huge blow. There's a huge drop-off when you go from a veteran quarterback like Sam Hartman to an inexperienced guy. Uh, I bet them blindly at at under 8.5 at minus 145. uh, I say blindly, but just immediately when I heard the news and and was able to get some some action there. But it's a big blow to to Wake Forest and hope he'll come back uh, as good as as new and, and get to play a portion of this football season.
4: Yeah, totally agree with you. Okay, so let's get to your uh, best bets in the Big 12. Baylor was a great story last year. Awesome job by the coaching staff there. Uh, this season, the win totals available right now at 7.5. Uh, do you think they kind of repeat some of that magic from a year ago, or do they come back to the pack? What do you think here about that number?
7: Well, you know, I'm looking at them at 7.5, uh, minus 140, juice to the over there at the Westgate. And, and first of all, unquestionably, the, the Bears do lose a lot of key pieces from Last year's 12-win season, you know, they lose their top three running backs, first of all, uh, headed by converted linebacker Abram Smith, who ran for 1,600 yards last year. They also lose their top three receivers, uh, most notably uh, Tyquan Thornton. He had almost 1,000 yards uh, receiving last year, was a second-round selection of the New England Patriots. And then you have considerable losses as well on the second and third levels of their defense, uh, including a, a linebacker. They lose the Big 12's uh, defensive player of the year, Jalen Petrie, also lose a first-team all-conference linebacker and Terrell Bernard. So pretty significant. Both those guys as well drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. So pretty significant losses. Uh, and, and while they do, you know, obviously, again, suffer losses throughout the, uh, the lineup, they're going to be solid on both the offensive and defensive lines. They return four starters on the offensive line, 119 career starts. On defense, their three-man front returns all three starters, plus they add Tulsa transfer Jackson Player, a guy who was one of the best guys up front uh, in the defensive interior in the entire AAC. So he's a guy who's going to help them. You look at their uh, non-conference schedule, only losable Game on their non-conference schedule of the three games is going to be a week two trip to Provo to play BYU, which is pretty much a toss-up. I like the way that their Big 12 schedule shapes up. They've got home games against Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, and TCU. I think Baylor's closer to a nine-win team than a seven-win team. I'll recommend taking the Bears at over seven-and-a-half wins, again, at minus 140 there
4: at the Westgate. Okay, very good. Uh, let me run the first six games of a Texas tech schedule by you, and keep in mind their win totals is either 5.5, which is flat, or under 6.5 is available at minus 150. The first six games for Tech this year, they get Murray State, okay, then they play Houston. I know a lot of people high on Houston this year. They're at NC State, they get Texas, then at K State, and at Oklahoma State. I mean, that is absolutely brutal. I'm guessing that you're going to be on the Red Raiders under 6 here at minus 150.
7: You're exactly right, and I like this one more than the Baylor over. This, this Texas Tech under six, if you can find it there at the Westgate or other places in the market, it's one of my favorite uh, regular season win total recommendations on the whole board. Uh, first of all, they have a first-year head coach in Joey McGuire. Uh, he's a guy who made his name as a very successful high school coach uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Most recently, he's been the associate head coach at Baylor But uh, you look at this Texas Tech team, they've recorded 12 straight losing records in Big 12 play. They're 36-71 and in conference play over that uh, period there. They've only won, has Texas Tech, more than five regular season games once in the last four years, and that was last year when they won six in the regular season. Uh, Again, you talked about that schedule, those first six games. Uh, You know, I think Joey McGuire... Might get it going sometime Uh, at some point there at Tech, but it's going to take time. He is recruiting very well, should point that out. But, you know, again, they've got a first-time college head coach whose chief success has come at the high school level. One publication's preseason, all Big 12 first team, didn't have a single player listed on the first team, Texas Tech, only 10 teams in the Big 12. So there's a glaring lack of star power, if you will, so not a whole lot of difference makers. I think this Red Raiders team probably has four wins written all over them. Uh, take Texas Tech under mm-hmm. six at minus 150. If you got to take the five-and-a-half. Hopefully you'll get even money or plus money on that. Mm-hmm. But take Texas Tech to go under their win total.
5: Okay, very good. So Riley leaves. Uh, you're, you like Baylor at least to go over. Year two for Sark at Texas. Who wins the Big 12?
7: You know, I think it's a four-team race. Uh, You know, you look at uh, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. I think those three teams in the coaches poll released earlier this week were actually numbers 9 through 11. And then you had Texas a little bit further back at number 18 in that poll, uh, thanks in part to a mysterious – and, frankly, indefensible first-place vote. I'm I'm curious to know who did that and why they did it and what they were thinking. But I believe, you know, I don't think – I think this is going to be the second uh, straight year, I should say, that the Big 12 is not going to have an entry in the four-team playoff. they got a lot of good teams, but I don't think they have a great team. You look at the four that I mentioned, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Texas, I think one of those is going to be the winner. I've got those four teams only separated by two points in my power rankings, so very closely bunched there. Kansas State, they're not going to win the Big 12, but I think they're going to have a say in who wins the Big 12. They bring over Adrian Martinez uh, from Nebraska, obviously had some turnover problems there, but he's got a change of scenery, which could do him good. Uh, They've got Deuce Vaughn at running back. They've got some playmaking wide receivers. So I think Kansas State's going to make a, you know, they're going to have a say in who wins. When I look at it, and I know this is a dangerous game, Texas is probably the team the last 15 years uh, you could uh, you know say that's it been the most overrated based on their preseason uh, projections you know they're consistently overrated but this offense they're by far in my opinion the best offense in the Big 12 and one of the very best offenses in all of college football got the best running back group in the nation would be John Robinson a Heisman Trophy candidate and then his backup Roshan Johnson would be starting at most schools have a top five receiving core led by Xavier Worthy. Uh, they add Isaiah Nayer, who comes over from Wyoming. They've got a tight end, a name to watch guys, Jatavian Sanders, a guy who was a true freshman last year, didn't play a whole lot, but was one of the top 15 recruits in all the nation, regardless of position, in 2021. Tight end, six four, two fifty. They can split him out. He's going to cause matchup problems. I like Texas. You can find them at plus 350 down at the South Point to win the Big 12. The Longhorns are my pick to win the Big 12.
4: Okay, so so very good. There you go with the outright winner. And, again, to uh, go back over your two regular season win totals that you like, you can find Texas Tech under six at minus 150, and you want to go with Baylor over seven and a half at minus 140. As well. Very good. Uh, we'll continue with Paul Stone coming up next. He's on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. You can also, again, listen, download, subscribe to his podcast, the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Here's what we're going to do coming up uh, we're going to get his best bets in the MAC uh, two regular season win totals here and an outright winner. They this this conference owns one of the worst teams in the country. They have now for several years. Their win total is two and a half. Does he go under two and a half with Akron? <laughs> Does he actually go over? We'll ask him that. And also, uh, he nailed the outright winner last week in golf on the PGA tour. It's a huge event. The FedEx Cup playoffs begin today. The St. Jude invitational Paul also loves betting on golf. His best bets for the golf tournament coming up next.
3: Sports Betting
5: Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion on your local teams, Bet Rivers as you covered, they've launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Will Hill just had Iron Eagle on. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast.
4: All right. We continue with the uh, great Paul Stone here, talking college football. He broke down the Big 12 in the previous segment. We are going to get to the mat coming up here. And okay, so this is fascinating. When you look at the worst teams in college football, I just I threw up 2019, Paul, for example. I have it right in front of me right now. Akron's three and 27 straight up, three and 27 straight up since 2019. Their win total is two and a half this year. Do you they, want
5: to, they had a one and 11 ATS year. Too. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure.
4: Do you want to take a walk on the wild side here and go over Are they going to win three games, or no? Are you Are going to ride this and say they're not They're not a three-win team this year? You're going to go under two and a half?
7: Well, I'm going to say, first of all, guys, my wife, Abby, she's uh, an alum of the University of Akron, <laughs> so I might be sleeping on the couch after I give this <laughs> breakdown. This. But I'm a guy who you kind of have to show me first. I mean, you know, first of all, I think there's some excitement, you know, the little buzz around the hire of uh, former Mississippi State head coach Joe Moorhead, who comes in with hopes of, resurrecting this football program that, as you indicated, has been one of the nation's worst over the last several years. Uh, Moorhead, he's dipped heavily into the transfer portal. Uh, I read one report that he's brought 22 new players in through that avenue. A lot of these guys were uh, reserves at major five programs. Some are certainly going to make the Zips better at some uh, positions, but You know, this is the gridiron, uh, not the hardwood. I'm not convinced that going through the portal that heavily is the the best approach to – I know he's looking just to make things better this year, but not the best way to build a program. You look at their non-conference schedule, didn't really do them any favors. You know, they do open with a virtual layup against St. Francis. But outside of that, their other three out-of-league games are on the road against three teams that played in a bowl last year, Michigan State, Tennessee, and Liberty. I project Akron to be an underdog in all eight of its conference uh, games, more than a touchdown in all but one of those. You know, the Zips could very well upset one of their Mac brethren, but I don't see them winning two conference games, uh, considering the hill that they have to climb this year. I think you mentioned they were 3-27 and their last 30. If you go into, I guess, the 2018 season, they're actually three and thirty-two straight up over their last thirty-five games. Akron's going to have to show me. Take Akron oh. go under two and a half at about minus one twenty or minus one and a quarter.
5: Okay, very good. How about a team that uh, that's going to go over their win total and you also think they win the conference? Tell us who that is.
7: Well, I'm going to look at the defending champion here in the MAC, uh, Northern Illinois. You know, last year they did lose two games in the MAC. Uh, they uh, Got uh, uh, defeated there uh, at Kent State, 52-47. to uh, Fell at home to Western Michigan, 42-21. to uh, This year they're going to avoid Kent State. They do travel to Western Michigan. However, this is not the same Western Michigan team uh, as last year. That offense loses talented uh, quarterback Caleb Eelabee. They also lose a 1,300-yard receiver in Sky Moore, who was a second-round pick in the NFL draft, and they also lose, as Western Michigan, three offensive linemen who combine for over a you know 100 career starts. So anytime a, a college team, these are three key positions in my mind. When a college team loses a starting quarterback, their center, and their left tackle, you know I tend to take pause, uh, and that's the situation that Western Michigan finds itself in in 2022. So looking back to to Northern Illinois, uh, they're going to be less than a a field goal uh, underdog, in my opinion, when it travels to Western Michigan on uh, November 9th. Uh, They could also be around a field goal or less underdog when they host most people's favorite in the MAC, Toledo, on October 8th. And other than those games, I think Northern Illinois is going to be favored in its other six games, not out of the question that it uh, could find itself favorite against either Toledo or Western Michigan, or even both. Looking again at this Northern Illinois roster, they return a total of 18 starters, nine on both sides of the ball, going to feature one of the Mac's most experienced squads. Their quarterback, Michigan State transfer, Rocky Lombardi, entering his second season uh, as the Husky starter. He's played a lot of football at the collegiate level, started 22 games, uh, and in addition to Lombardi, They have perhaps the league's most talented offensive line. They returned four starters. uh, Should be improved over last year's uh, unit on defense as well. They weren't very good defensively last year, no question about it. They gave up almost 34 points a game, over 450 uh, yards per game allowed as well. Numbers somewhat skewed by giving up over 600 yards and over 60 points uh, to a game against Michigan. The entire front four, though, on defense is back. The entire back four is back. They return 18 of their top 20 tacklers, so I think they're going to be better. Their non-conference schedule, at least somewhat manageable. They play Eastern Illinois and Vanderbilt at home. They do travel to Tulsa and uh, Kentucky. I see at least seven wins this season uh, for Northern Illinois. Also going to pick them to win the MAC. You can find them at plus 500. To win the MAC at DraftKings, you can find them at over 6.5 at some places in the market. I think at minus 130 at FanDuel. Try to find over uh, 6.5 if you can, but take Northern Illinois to go over their win total and to win the MAC at plus 500.
4: Beautiful. We continue here with Paul Stone on Twitter, at PaulStoneSports. You're also very good betting golf. Last Sunday at the Wyndham Championship, I needed, and I was rooting for either Henley, or Riley to go on a run. The day started off well for me. Both guys got off to hot starts, but they had nothing compared to Kim, the outright winner. Who you had, you had a ticket on him at 38-1. to 1. He was just, he was too good last week on Sunday. He was amazing. What he was he, 8-under in the front nine? Incredible. Um, so what do you like today in the final few minutes that we have here, Paul? Matchups that you have? It's going to be teeing off here in about, uh, what do we have, 25 minutes or so, I think. And then any outright guys that you like?
7: I'm going to give three matchups and then four guys in the outrights. First of all, on my matchups, uh, Canadian Taylor Pendrith. Uh, you can find him at minus one and a quarter over uh, Christian Bazenhuth, the South African. Pendrith has, has just been playing extremely well, a uh, great recent form. His last five events, he has three 13th place finishes, he has a tied for 11th, and then he has a tied for second at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Bazin Hood, He's a he's a cut maker. He makes almost every cut, but he never finishes very high. So I like Hendrigh there. Also like Patrick Rogers at minus one and a quarter over Luke List, basically fading List, who's only made eleven, uh, or rather four of his last eleven cuts. So he has uh, been uh, not playing very well, to say the least. And then my third matchup: Brandon Wu at minus one eleven over Doug Gim. Uh, in the past month, Brandon Wu. Tied for eighth last week at the Wyndham, and then tied for sixth at the Scottish Open the week before the Open Championship. A few outrights here. I'm going to go with Ju Young Kim again. He's just playing tremendous. Won the tournament last week after starting it with a quadruple bogey. I've got Kim at 46-1. to Jordan Spieth, a guy who's played well here in the past, got good current form. I think this course matches up well with his talent set. Took Spieth at 33-1. to Cameron Young, a guy who's going to win a golf tournament at some point, yep. took him at 31-1 to there at the circuit, Circa. And then one of the favorites in the tournament, a guy who's just been uh, a top-10 machine the last couple of months, for that matter, Patrick Cantlay. It's 17-1, to took Cantlay as well. All Very right, good. my friend.
5: Great job. We're less than uh, about two, uh, two weeks away from uh, start of week zero, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for coming on.
7: Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend,
5: guys. You got it. You too. Yesterday was, uh, you know, it was unfortunate for Wake Forest and Hartman, but it was uh, it's just wild for w- what we do. And I'm fascinated by the people who are professional sports bettors. As you know, we always, we once asked Dave Malinsky, why do you get up so early? Because I want to win. Well, Brad Powers is jamming kiosk at five in the morning yesterday. And I reached out to him. He may, he says Hartman's top 10 for most valuable players in college football in terms of what he means to the point spread. Uh, he found under nine at one book. Oh, man. Win total. He went under four and a half conference wins. He has Carolina plus four and Louisville minus four in games of the year. And he has Hartman worth at least six points, which is that maybe it's more. Who knows now that they, they have a redshirt freshman taking over for Wake Forest.
4: Remember, we were on the air yesterday when this actually happened, when the news dropped, right? And at the time, Bet Rivers already adjusted. Like, they were at seven. So other books, like you said – Yep. available at nine. Uh, we saw eight and a half on the show. And he makes some six, six and a half too now. Yeah, it's six and just a half like makes Paul, some sense, right? The win total, yeah. Right. Well, that's what you got to do. But That's right. Up oh. early, you see the news. Yeah. Like, okay, let me hop in the car right now. Bingo, got to get out of here. You never know. It's like the Aaron Rodgers.
5: What was he truly worth? It's one thing. Yeah, he's the
4: MVP, but the backups were so oh, bad. Oh, so bad. I mean, you could have
5: said Rodgers was worth 14 points. I would have said, okay, sure.
4: Yep, yep. All right, the first hour of Follow the Money is brought to you exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. Get a 100% first deposit match bonus now with the code 250MATCH. Must be 21-plus. Offer is not valid in all areas. Check BetRivers.com for full offer details and rules. Nigel Seeley on the show up next. Rough start in the prim for him last week, but he nailed a match in League 2. Great call on that uh, team. We'll find out who he likes this weekend. Coming up next here and Follow the Money, it's v the Sports Betting Network.